What does filmed for IMAX mean? It isn't just a movie that'll look great on IMAX's screens. It means that hiding from a sandstorm feels like fear in every flicker. And every triumph is felt in every sound wave. And the things we've only imagined, you can truly experience those too. That's what filmed for IMAX means. Get tickets to experience Dune Part 2 now and IMAX's exclusive expanded aspect ratio. Tomorrow, only on Disney+. Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. Swift, the Eras Tour, Taylor's version, with four additional acoustic songs. Streaming tomorrow, only on Disney+. Plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Gladiator is over. Here on the fall of Rome, we're just getting started. My name is Grace, but of course I'm not alone. So I'm going to give a big thumbs up to it's Rich Filberto. Rich, how you doing? I am so good, Grace. I am ready to entertain. Yeah. Are yeah. you not? Yeah. Are they not entertained? I'm not Please. entertained yet. No, but we're going to entertain. We're going to entertain. Uh, does that work? I'm giving mm-hmm. a thumbs down to myself well, right now. Well, people, yeah, okay. I was going to say, because we are on video, youtube.com slash pressure recap. So if you actually, you, you were a little bit delayed, but you did eventually yeah. give yeah. a thumbs down. Um, yeah, this is, I think, our, our final fall of round project here as we're jumping forward into the future. I think about 200 years or so into the, the Roman Empire, um, as we talked about, the TV show Rome every single weekday in the month of October. Then we did a podcast with with Alex, which was uh, I thought very well received. People very much enjoyed getting Alex coming on talking about what we got wrong about Rome, which basically was mostly pronunciations. Rich, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yep. tomato, tomato. I got really ruined uh, talking through the Wheel of Time because there's just so many names and they're pronounced so many different ways, and there's a great deal of debate. So I just go with whatever sounds good in the moment. I think it's okay, but I was glad to have Alex come in and, and course correct us a little bit. And then, uh, and then, yeah, we decided we were going to watch a movie. I, I did some, some, some asking of folks of what should we should watch. And we got a lot of different answers, but I think it became pretty clear. It's like, we should probably just watch Gladiator, right? It's like yeah. probably the most famous movie about Rome. I think that, you know, we got here because of the meme of it all, Grace. Like, uh, do you think about how often do you think about the Roman Empire? A lot more than I did before. Yeah. I think that without the film Gladiator, uh, certainly like the contemporary world at large would not think about the Roman Empire a fraction as much as we do. There was a time once upon a time where Hollywood was all about these gigantic period pieces, right? These big, huge, epic, like Ten Commandments type movies, right? Lawrence of Arabia 
Arabia, these gigantic kind of historical fairs. And in we the got away sixties. There's like Spartacus, yeah. Ben Hur, exactly. Julius Caesar. Uh, Cleopatra, I think. Yeah. So and so then it. you look at what happened with cinema in the 70s, 80s, and 90s, and we really move away from that. We move to like the skyscrapers and the high rises of the modern day. We're shifting into like this era of action movies and contemporary blockbusters, right? The beginning of the sequel machines are like starting to churn through this era as we get the space operas like Star Wars. But then we get Gladiator. And I think Gladiator resets the paradigm in like a lot of big ways. There were so many kind of monumental like title changes in that turn of the millennia 2000 era in terms of film between the release of jackson's lord of the rings you got the beginning of the harry potter franchise the shift back into like these fantasy fairs these massive projects that have huge investment going in and then in the midst of them though we get a gladiator right and gladiator popped off grace i mean uh in a world where like i don't know it was hard to get the kind of zeitgeist circling around a piece of media like we would in the decades afterwards with the mcu everyone in the world talked about gladiator for years mm -hmm. and years there was a whole bit on the sopranos where like ralph cifaretto for an entire season all he does is quote gladiator at every other scene mm -hmm. like people became obsessed with this movie and i think it really shifted the kind of stuff we got out of hollywood and i think it certainly has a lot to do with the series rome getting produced mm -hmm. on hbo a scant few years later so i think it's the right choice yeah, it's um, it's sort of credited with returning the what's known as the sword and sandal uh, genre of, of mm -hmm. movies, which is basically like this muscle bound hero, like, you know, getting involved in like, you know, uh, fighting and uh, sometimes monsters and saving saving the, the damsel in distress. But these like, yeah, these like more like epic films, typically Italian um, uh, centered and really those were quite popular for about the history since the like dawn of the motion picture basically yeah uh, and then and then sort of like stops in basically the 60s and 70s and this movie is sort of credited with it there's lots of movies that get made after this that basically try to emulate the success of of uh gladiator which wins best picture and best actor for crow's performance and the and the film um overall which is a, i i feel like uh, i don't know the, i mean it Looking at what it was up against. So I have like on record many times complaining about this. The best picture nomination I think is reason or win I think is reasonable because it just was so sprawling and gigantic. There's so many practical effects going on here. You got Ridley Scott popping off. There's a lot of tremendous performances. Russell Crowe winning best actor over Tom Hanks. Grace, I'll go to my grave angry about this one. Okay. That's a castaway, right? Yeah. <laughs> yes. 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 Um, yeah. I mean, the movies that it's up against are like, Chocola, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, Aaron Brockovich, and Traffic, a Sodenberg film. So Crouching it's like, you know, Tiger uh, was yeah. pretty impressive. But you're talking about a foreign film fighting against yeah. like this mega blockbuster, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, so I think kind of fun in terms of, although Gladiator is made before the TV show room, kind of fun in terms of like the chronological, uh, cr like chronologically going through. Um, Rome, which is, as we were very quickly pointed out, is actually not about the Roman Empire, kind of. It's like about like how it essentially might be able to become a thing. Might. I, I say that as if who knows if the Roman Empire. Yeah, who's to say how that'll go? <laughs> um, it absolutely became a thing. And basically, you know, Gladiator is set in an interesting time. And I actually surprised you last week, Rich, when I said, did you know that there's a Gladiator 2 in the works scheduled for November of 2024? So exactly a year from now. So I do kind of like that we did the fall of Rome this year. And we actually have a really great way to do the fall of Rome uh, next year as well as we'll talk about Gladiator 2. Uh, you can join Ariel and I on Poster Recaps Theater. But um, so not quite like the end of the Roman Empire. I believe the Empire goes on for a couple hundred more, more years uh, yes. after the the timeline of this movie. Um, but we're in sort of like, you know, perhaps the beginning of a decline uh, after about 200 years of, uh, you know, I think, I think the film is set in like 180. It's uh, like 160 or yeah, it yeah. is in 180 because it's around the death of Aurelius. Sure. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Right. So kind of fun though, to like, basically as we were like, you know, Oh, how much do you think about the Roman empire? And then we talked about a show that basically was only kind of about the Roman empire <laughs> to then kind of fulfill the mission to basically talk about, uh, gladiator which is firmly set in the roman empire and lots of themes about the potential for it to return to a republic rich 
Yeah, I mean, this is a part of the big push, right? I mean, Commodus and uh, Marcus Aurelius, these are real characters that we're exploring. Maximus, of course, is not. He's our, our sort well, of Well, this fiction. is very Rome as well. Uh, it is, right? Yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. this is like very. I mean, we do so much the same thing of like, all right, so we make up a couple of soldiers, but we use real emperors, right? Right. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's just so on point. But so, you know, Commodus is a bit crazy, I believe, from like historical recountings. Like a lot of Commodus's reign is considered the kind of beginning of the end of the Roman Empire. It doesn't immediately lead to like their collapse, but he starts losing ground. We're getting to a point where 160 years after the conquering of places like Gaul, like the British Islands, people are starting to um, like shore up their defenses. This is happening at a time Marcus Aurelius's reign is, is like beset upon by these these tribes fighting back for their independence and these kind of barbarians raiding the northern provinces of the empire again and again and again like aurelius was apparently this uh, great kind of like general emperor or protector of rome and really spent a lot of time on the field in battle raised commodus out in the field bringing him around to these battles and so commodus is like full tilt unhinged right and the threat of like marcus aurelius handing the power Power back to the people is enough to motivate all of Commodus's actions in this movie. The, the truth of things went down a little bit differently. There's a lot like where we talked about Rome, the show being so kind of historically accurate. It took a lot of liberties, but a lot of what they were creating was very visually accurate. This takes a lot, a lot of liberties. I think you hear a lot of historians like, yeah, I love Gladiator, but that's way outside the bounds of what actually happened, Grace. I think one of the interesting things, well, maybe I should give a little plot recap of the movie, but I think I think Joaquin Phoenix actually is such a tremendous actor. I'm very excited. Mm -hmm. He's in another movie that I think like has some uh, will be interesting to to see. Uh, Napoleon uh, comes out I I believe, know. Uh, really soon. Another Ridley Scott movie. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix in it. He's playing Napoleon, so that'll be fun to see uh, in terms of like you know historical accuracy, how entertaining it is, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, but this idea of the Joaquin Phoenix, he, he's so perfectly cast as like a schmuck but then by the end of the movie he also has to be like and they do this they set it up throughout where he's like training with like you know mm -hmm. seven seven you know warriors like attacking him all from you know and he's like you know swirling a sword behind him and like doing it so he's like shown as a competent guy but he feels like such a weasel that like the idea that he would actually like ultimately end up like He's like, okay, well, I'll also duel you. And I know he does the thing where he like stabs him in the lung. But at the same time, I'm like, it's so hard because I, I imagine Commodus might have been, I think he was a little bit more of like a, a, a fighter. Like he was literally, I think, a gladiator, I believe. He was. Uh, yeah. He had like this gladiatorial trainer because he was raised in these war camps, right? He's raised right. as a child in the wing of Aurelius, moving around in the northern fronts, fighting. And so he, tra he trains with these gladiators. I mean, um, at this point, the Coliseum is officially built. We don't have to make it up anymore, right? right? The gladiatorial games were a very, very big deal. This is, this like really precipitates the rise of Joaquin Phoenix, right? I mean, River Phoenix was the much more prominent of the family in the 90s. His death comes like unceremoniously early and kind of grievously in the late 90s, early 90s, I should say. Well, yeah, so Joaquin Phoenix has done some stuff at this point, but this is the film that catapults him into like mega stardom. I think it's a few years after this that he does the famous Letterman interview and it's all like retiring from acting. I mean, this he was just such a juggernaut coming out of this and Russell Crowe as well. I mean, I think that you have so many kind of uh, interesting, uh, wonderful old British actors in here. And then you have these two guys that come out of this movie stars with a capital M grace like uh, uh, they came yeah. away from this film with heat on them both, you know. He has he has quite the run, uh, basically uh, up until the Letterman thing. He does, uh, so he does this. He does signs the village, yep. Hotel Rwanda, which he gets, uh, or he gets nominated for playing Johnny Cash in Walk the Line. That's all like between two thousand and two thousand five, basically. Right. And then and then he like then he starts getting into like yeah the weird the weird the, the weird interview which you know they say is like basically uh, put on has a little bit of comeback I think with like the movie Her. He's in uh, the Paul Thomas Anderson stuff like The Master, um, and then. I feel like has had uh, you know the joker obviously which he i think won the academy award for best actor in that as well um so yeah, really? i love him yeah yeah for joker yeah what there's that sequel is also coming out which is a uh, a musical did you know that i won't watch it i can't, I can't <laughs> the joker. 
I, I mean, I won't even watch the first one. Yeah, I don't Tim know. And Lady Gaga. It's him and Lady Gaga. And it's a oh, musical. Right it's a French on. musical. I can't. My head. Can you see the smoke coming out from my head? <laughs> I'm excited for it. I'm, I, I'm happy for anybody that's excited. No judgment to what you love. Um, yeah, I don't know. He really is awesome. I mean, he's so yeah. tremendous in the raw. I'm with you. The second that the guy comes on screen, he's you just like seething with contempt for Commodus. He's so easy to hate. I think that uh, like so many of his like maneuvers and designs were like, well, in the days before JB and Cersei Lannister, they mm-hmm. exist on the page, but not in the zeitgeist, right? And like, yeah. there's so much of that energy there. There's just like nothing to love about Commodus at all. He's terrible. And you can relate to the fact that like all he wants desperately is love at the same time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> his father is rejecting him. And so there, I don't know. There's a lot of great stuff there. Well, let's, let's I'll, I'll give a little bit of a, a quick recap here uh, and then we'll dive in. But basically, yeah, General Maximus has like uh, led the Roman army to victory. And um, uh, Marcus Aurelius is very much like very proud of him. And uh, he knows that he is going to die soon. And he says that his son uh, Commodus is unfit to rule and he wants uh, Maximus to succeed him. Although the idea being that they would restore the Republic. So he'd only be in charge so long as the until the Senate could sort of get their affairs in order um quite mad about this commodus then just murders his dad so that happens um they arrest maximus he's taken away his uh he does uh he's he's supposed to be killed he fights off his captors uh and then returns home to find his wife and son have both uh been killed they're crucified and so he is then uh sold into slavery and basically proves himself to be a competent warrior uh, Commodus decides to hold 150 days of games to commemorate his father's death. And so Proximo, who is, um, this is um, uh, the man who had bought uh, Maximus, uh, tells him, like, you could basically be freed if you, you could win the love of the people if you go back and you, uh, you, you know, you win over the crowd and you'll win your freedom. So he basically does that uh very early on Commodus realizes it is Maximus but he basically can't kill him because everybody is uh so in love with Maximus Maximus the merciful um he does eventually sort of like escape um and then ultimately come back which sets up a one-on-one duel with with Commodus where uh, Maximus will be stabbed in the lung before the the battle ultimately Maximus will win and kill Commodus but then he will fall over keel over and die that's basically what happened on gladiator rich that is that's what happened on gladiator yeah like this is this is the first time you've seen it huh no i've seen it before Oh, okay. I, I wasn't sure. But um, I, I don't know. There's just so much to love about it. I mean, I joke, but I do think that this is like part of the meme, part of what I talked about when we talked about the show room. It's like, I don't know, the the like delusional aspiration that sometimes gets applied to this kind of lifestyle. Like, oh, if only I could die in an arena, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I just think that there's like so much romanticism to all of the story, to the story of Maximus. He's just so set upon on all sides, Grace. And like, like romantic stories are often stories like Dickensian stories where people are subjected to like terrible injustice again and again and again. And it makes it so easy to love them, to empathize with them, to root for them and to watch like their tiny victories that feel like gigantic. And I think that's the story of Maximus Decimus Meridius here. I mean, it's a real Ridley Scott joint. Part of what we talked about in Rome was the lack of these big battles. We don't get giant battles here, but we get some real combat. We get blood sport race. Yeah. <laughs> I think Gladiator kind of sets up the the idea that I had in my mind about what like the TV show Rome was going to be like. And not that I think it's like these huge battles, but there's a lot of action. And it very much has like mm-hmm. a movie budget. Um, Gladiator movie that also like I think um, sort of haunted by a troubled production. Um, I think mostly about the the writing of the of the movie, which is very interesting because I actually think it's a pretty basic story for the most part. It's like Commodus is jealous of Maximus, so he like sends him off, and then Com- or Maximus basically comes back and just beats everybody up until he gets to fight Commodus. It's, it's like, a super basic story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, but I do think I mean you can sort of feel it as you're as you're watching it. I uh tried to watch it last night and i i did i did end up falling asleep so i knew i woke up early today but i basically like watched it a, kind of in chunks here where like you can kind of get to like basically a battle scene and then we basically like kind of like because it's like that's how he 
progresses to basically like mm-hmm. get to fight Commodus, right? So um, I think it's pr- it's like a pretty simple story, but I think that's why it resonates so much. Um, I think the idea, I think one of the things that was really strong, I really love, and I just want to get his name right, uh, Jaiman Hansu, who plays Jabu in the in in the movie, or Juba, I think is his name, I can't remember, um, the other slave um, who's, who's with them. Um, the scenes where he's telling him like, you know, you have more to live for basically, like you should not try to basically die in the Coliseum. Um, just because you're like your wife and your son and, and the idea that like they're waiting for him. And I, I kind of love, you know, the idea that this actually is a Hollywood blockbuster that does have some, there is some romantic stuff between, um, is it Lucilla who's Commodus' sister, but, and, and Maximus was former lover, but really most of this is like, he just wants revenge on the person. Who's yeah, killed. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's so simple. We've talked to like there's been a ton. Of, I think you came on to talk about the Northmen. Um, yeah. Yep. Like again, so so this really straightforward. Yeah. I think yeah are like, but they like resonate so much because we've all been there. And then to like sort of like get to watch it play out, right? Like the scene where he takes off his helmet and turns around and he's it's like, tremendous. It's so right. good, and the way that he has he has Commodus just such in a bind where they're like they're chanting live like let him live essentially and then he gives the thumbs up to be like okay fine dude can live and how annoyed he is by that i just love it it's so fun i think it's a masterful film yeah i mean when i talk about the romance of it right i'm not talking about the loving romance i'm talking about like the literary style yes, of romance yes, right and yes. like the big swings up and down i know you know i just want to make sure like yeah, i'm clarifying yeah, yeah, yeah. but but i think that um part of what is so uh, the movie is infinitely quotable right i mean we're, we're uh-huh. 23 years out and this thing is still getting gift all over the internet we talk about it all the time are you entertained the thumbs up the thumbs down my name is marcus or uh maximus decimus Verinius, true servant to marcus aurelius father to a murdered son husband to a murdered wife like that line when he takes the helmet off that's pure chills i think that russell crowe as maximus he's such the quintessential protagonist too in terms of he's like batman like we talk about joaquin phoenix's joker but like he's the strong silent type he does not have a ton of dialogue in this film i'm talking like relatively comparatively like he really does not say that much this guy is not like in these these deep monologues over and over again talking about his feelings and his motivations or his plans or his plots like we understand what has happened to him we understand what is motivating him and we get these little moments like where he's going to sit and talk to Jabu. That guy is a tremendous actor, by the way, uh, Demon Hansu. He, he really, like, he popped up in a couple of other projects at the time, but I think he's such an excellent foil to Crow in that moment as he's talking about, like, my my children, my son, my wife, like, they're still gathering water on the river somewhere, and they're going to have to wait a long time to, like, come and find me when I die. And, mm-hmm. and Max was talking about, like, oh, yeah, my wife and son are already waiting for you. And he's like, oh, but you're not going to go today. It really is just true. Tremendous. It's so, so, so good. It really like hypes you up. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? 
Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And to the blockbuster nature of it all, I mean, some of the, the scenes, the action sequences are just incredible. I remember seeing it in theaters at the time. I brought my grandmother, who was an Whoa. Italian immigrant love and it. loved this kind of stuff, right? She uh-huh. would, like, love a period piece. She loved those old 50s and 60s Ben-Hurs and the Ten Commandments. That's, like, what, what going to the movies meant to her uh, after, like, her kind of immigration here to the U.S. So I loaded her up in the car and said, Granny, we're going to go see The Gladiator. <laughs> We went and watched it. I'll never forget that opening sequence with like the war dog and the Gauls and like, it's pretty tremendous. You know, the actual battle scenes in the Coliseum, like I've been to Rome. And that place is big, Grace. Uh-huh. Like the Coliseum is really like it's vast. It is impressive. It is imposing. And that's in the modern era. That's like after getting in a metal tube and flying thousands of miles around the world yeah. to like go and see it. So I can't imagine how it must have impressed upon the people of the time, like the immensity of this thing. And they I say like, it in the movies. Like I didn't yep. know humans could build stuff this big. Yeah. yeah, it really is. It, it, I mean, that's part of why the emperors built stuff like this. Once we get a little mm-hmm. bit away from the kind of emperors, the Brutuses, or I'm sorry, the Caesars and the Octavians that we dealt with, you start getting into like the Hadrians who build and build and build and build. This was part of like the power of the Roman Empire. I talked about it a little bit with Alex, but they had these styles of concrete mixing and these mm-hmm. engineering designs that allowed them to pull off stuff that nobody else could do anywhere else. And so these ed- Edifices were these literal, like physical manifestations of the power of the empire, none more so than the Colosseum, which is gigantic. So mm-hmm. I love the little touches too in the midst of the battle, where especially the tiger scene is like so tigers. famous. Yeah. But there were these like trap doors, Grace. I mean, right. they used to do crazy stuff. There was a whole network of tunnels underneath the Colosseum where they could release these like secret booby traps and like, oh, release the tigers. You know, this is like right. relatively authentic in the midst of this and god you gotta wonder what that felt like to like a screaming jeering furious crowd two thousand years ago right like as hype as we get watching gladiator these guys were getting that hype watching gladiators murder each other (laughs) (laughs) so there's um there's a movie that just came out on um on netflix called the killer and it's a new david fincher movie and it's michael fassbender and there's a scene in it where he keeps he uses music really effectively to basically he sort of like is like taunting the audience a little bit in terms of like the way in which you so desperately want to see the violence happen and the way he's like playing with that idea um because basically like it keeps like showing something about to happen and then it will cut to like there's a way in which like it can't happen and you kind of like are like oh, here it comes here it comes i'm gonna watch like a guy get shot and then it's like it like there's a reason why it like doesn't happen anyway as i was watching gladiator i was thinking this, the, the same sort of thing about how yes they're like ravenous for this type of brutality in, and like that was their form of entertainment it's not like there aren't ways in which like we still do love it we literally just oh, watched the movie yeah. gladiator and it's it's basically like We've just figured out a way to do it where like people don't actually die, right? Like we just figured out a way to like make it so that we can watch horrific violence, except nobody actually gets hurt when when we do it. So it's like I we're mean, still a million like percent. fulfilling yeah. that like you know that same urge instinct, you know, just in a in a different avenue and form and yeah nobody dies hopefully i mean this is part of the whole thought exercise of westworld right it's the extrapolation of the video game experience like we can take it the next level even of like sure we sat and watched gladiator but also did you hear grand theft auto 6 has been announced grace it should be out by 2030 uh but nonetheless like how many uh, fictional individuals have I sent to their digital graves of eternity, their fields of grass in the two dimensional space on the other side of the black mirror, right? Like we as a species still have a lot of these drives and urges and impulses and instincts. And this is part of the glory of civilization is the ways in which we like find abilities to like exercise our emotional impulses and and get the stimuli and the feedback that we're looking for. 
without having to like hang and mutilate murder people after, yes. right yes. you know yeah um i think i think honestly i think it's again i think that the story is really simple rich i think it, it does you know it's this uh roman epic and you have the guy in power and he's totally inept he's the worst nepo baby and in the, in the fact that his parents did not want <laughs> yeah, him to really be, is. they didn't yep. want him to get the all the stuff that he got <laughs> yep so he's, he's such a he's such a rootable villain and then and then you have this guy who he's so like you know one of the interesting things i thought about the tv show realm in a way i think that like when you talked about the historical accuracies or inaccuracies from one show to the other i do think one of the things that works in a in the movie in a way that I don't think works as well in TV shows is the idea to like simplify Maximus as a character. He's a pretty like on, on the whole for like Rome, like he's pretty good dude. I would say yeah. um, the way that like um, when uh, is it Gracchus? I, I want to get his name, right. Uh, the man who's in like basically. Yes. Gracchus is Derek Jacoby. Uh, yeah. Wait, yeah. Yes. Yes. That's right. Um, and he's like, well, you're going to march your 5,000 men onto Rome and then you're going to just give Rome to the people. And he's like, uh, yeah, 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 I'm going to do that. I'm, gonna leave. Gonna I'm do. actually going to leave the soldiers so that they can protect like the idea of a Republic He's like, Oh, interesting. Cool. Good. <laughs> uh, and in a way that I think that like that, I think like in a movie, I think that not that they can't do that, but in the type of movie that Ridley Scott is making, right? Like an, a, an epic, a blockbuster epic, a like mass appeal movie. I think that, I think it does make sense the way that like the good versus evil is, is even more sort of like sanded down than it was in the TV show realm, which I actually think like did a really good job of like, you know, look at all the times like uh, Varinus is like, you know, both a, a good man and then an op- like and then he's an awful yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. They Titus did a Pulo. great job with their shades of gray, right? right? They gave us the many facets. Yep. Which this movie, this movie just isn't super interested in that. It very much mm-hmm. wants a man who's super evil who will get his comeuppance at the end. Uh, uh, a man who will fight against that and ultimately try, uh, ultimately like fail, but his like legacy seemingly like lives on right um which is why i guess it's a little bit annoying of like the idea of a uh, gladiator 2 sequel but but i'm very excited when you look at the cast very excited rich but i get excited for it too i just think Mm -hmm. uh who who asked for that you know what i I mean it could have just been a roman epic film but they're gonna sell more tickets by calling it gladiator 2 so we got to do that i know i mean i think that what's so beautiful about it too is like we talk about it in terms of good evil but fundamentally Maximus, as judged by any kind of modern standards, wouldn't necessarily be a good man. This guy probably owned slaves. There's probably like so much stuff that we're not seeing in the context of the film. He's noble and he's got honor, right? And that's important. These are the virtues upon which we're like hanging and espousing this notion of his goodness, right? He loved his family. These are things that yeah. are translatable, just like we're talking about like the bloodlust still carries to a degree. Yeah. The yeah. idea of like loyalty and fealty, like missing your wife, being homesick, caring about your son being like kind and considerate and gentle to a child that like speaks to you having honor and integrity in the words that you say in the vows that you make these are things that still translate right so the fact that like um like you know maximus is put in this position we're just immediately able to like root for him so easily even though like his body count is pretty high by the end of this thing i mean he carves his way through the Colosseum. he does show mercy but he's showing this mercy like to be defined and to be like petulant right not right. because like he's got an inherent value for life this guy's like a great military commander you know so i don't know i i think it's a really like elegant way to thread the needle in terms of what ridley scott does there and you know you talk about the music the power of the music the score first of all you and i were talking a little bit just before in our pre-production meeting and mm-hmm. i was saying to you it always blows me away when i rewatch gladiator how much it invokes the pirates of the caribbean theme but this is like Hans zimmer popping off too this is like a really incredible score the music does so much across it's a pretty long film i mean maybe not two and a half hours we get no it's pretty long it is pretty long okay yeah um i don't know the Hans zimmer stuff just elevates it a whole nother degree you get like so much power out of that score from the like haunting melodies of crow like walking through the grass like touching his wheat all he wants is to go be a farmer right and he wants to like go back and grow his wheat and feed the people like even even this this is a noble profession right to farm to feed those in need um rather than to like sow the fields with blood so i'm with you they do like set the binary up in a pretty powerful way of like look bad guy good guy 
Yeah, in a way that we were talking about, like uh, the other, you know, the idea of like the battle scene, just the way at the time when we watch Rome, not not when we watch Rome, when Rome came out, television was like the small screen, right? And so this is the big screen. And so I just like think it's interesting to look at like the pretty noticeable difference in terms of the way that people are either depicted as good or bad in the movie in a way that the TV show is very much not. The TV show is much, and I, I think that that like, even now, though, I think that does make sense. Like some of my favorite films are films that do try to play with that a little bit more than maybe uh, Ridley Scott tried in 2000. But I, I get why they like don't. I think it makes for, you know, as, in terms of like a blockbuster movie, this is what I think most people are coming. They want that escapism of rooting for Maximus and hating Commodus. And if we see like a scene where like Commodus is like, oh, maybe he's actually a good dude. Maybe he has good ideas about how to rule Rome. You're like. That sucks. No fun. I don't like it. You know, that's not what this this movie is trying to do. So, no, I think in the same way we were talking about, they like shave down the rough edges of this exploration. We do the same with the with the politics. Right. right. Um, like, you know, the, the political story here, like we get enough of it. And I think it's it's highlighted a little bit more to us because we did just watch all of Rome and we have a sense of like being named the protector of the armies being marched into Rome being a big right. deal. You've crossed the Rubicon. Right. You're not supposed to bring your military forces back here handing the power back from uh you know an emperor or ruler to the people all of these ideas are very like there for us after we just delved into it but we only really present them on the very surface level right we really right. like don't delve deeply into any of this and this was like a really big deal i mean uh commodus is like widely recognized as like this megalomaniacal narcissistic emperor who like went around rome like you know cutting the head off of statues of prior emperors and having his own head put on top of them right like this guy really like believed in the idea of himself as a bit of like a godhead and this like deific absolute ruler and leader over the people and and to the like good and evil of it all i always love that final scene the inversion of like maximus in the black leather armor and commodus comes out in that kind of like white alabaster it's all painted it's yeah. such like an ornate bit of armor for him to be fighting it and i think it's still 23 years later looks like extraordinary and joaquin phoenix wears it well like those two guys worked for this film they yeah. did their sit-ups grace they ate their weedies you know yeah. um and that last fight is really like something incredible and i always love the like inversion of commodus and white and maximus yes. and black yeah. yes it's very it's very good um Oliver Reed is in this movie. He plays Proximo. This is yes. his final performance. He he dies. Uh, basically, uh, they were taking a small break between um, uh, before they were going to have him come and do some additional shots that needed to be filmed. And so this um, uh, movie actually uses a body double for all of his remaining scenes. And actually for basically two minutes of additional footage it cost him about 3.2 million dollars i actually like i feel like i'm saying that now i feel like that's very callous in terms of like talking about like how much to cost to like finish oliver reed's performance in this movie but i just think like really uh in terms of um wanting to to sort of like figure out how to keep him in the movie basically especially uh just as like uh it's a topical uh, point of conversation yeah, just just as uh yeah the um amtp uh reneged basically on the ability to have the rights to to actors in perpetuity for ai purposes um the film is dedicated to oliver reed i really love his performance he delivers he basically is the one who empowers maximus right he's like uh win the people uh, and you'll earn your freedom, right? So um, he's such an important part of the movie. So like, part of it's like, yeah, glad that they figure out a way to like, yeah, involve him. But um, yeah, just an interesting. It's his, his final performance, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. No, he he's great. Uh, he's got he's just such a, an interesting character. He really pops off the screen. He's got those bright, bright blue eyes, you know, and his meeting with Maximus and the way he's going to kind of set him straight as like this master of the blood and sand, right? This is what this guy does. He's fighting off of this little arena. He gets his hand on this Spaniard with no idea of like what he's really purchasing and realizes that he's hit Pedro. The way that he gets kind of pushed around by Gracchus, by some of the others too, once they actually like get to Rome and he's trying to find his own foot 
voting, but he does like ultimately empower Maximus of like win the crowd. This is about performance. And the idea that this guy as a general Maximus is somebody that has to like command legions of men has the public speaking skills kind of grace, like I'm reducing it down, but he understands how to manage a crowd, right? He understands how to like capture their energy in certain ways and, and how to like work with their momentum and their like electricity. He's not daunted by any of that. And he presumably like, uh, you know, the, the whole bit of them like finding him and like maggots on his arm it's like all the I love training it. that happens it's yeah. really cool right the camaraderie that happens like with the gladiators as they're fighting together and they go from like calling maximus spaniard to general when they find out who he is it's all really really cool stuff but uh sad to see oliver reed go it's, it's really delightful that we did get him in this performance like proximo is a very fun character yeah um yeah. Uh, okay. So I, I was joking about it, but Rich, they are they are doing Gladiator too. I know. I can't and get it, over it. No, I know. And it it is going to be uh, uh, Paul Mescal, uh, who's a favorite of mine, I know a favorite of Ariel's as well, is going to be playing Lucius, so the nephew of Commodus, who's very much in this movie, right? Uh, almost killed. He yep. will be uh, portraying him. Um, Denzel Washington also in this this movie as a, I believe a new character. Dick. Derek Jacoby as Senator Gracchus and Jim Hanzu both returning to the movie. And then Pedro Pascal, I feel like is the other big name who uh, I don't think we know anything about who he's playing yet. He's going to have a helmet on through the whole film. That's why I'm actually going <laughs> to see his face. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty, I know this. Is, oh, Connie Nielsen is also coming back, obviously, as Lucilla, the mother of, of, of Lucia. So I don't know. I'm actually pretty excited for, for this. I think, like, to the, to the point that uh, I think Alex was saying in the Discord, like, he wants to see a year of the four emperors. I believe the death of uh commodus actually leads to the year of the five emperors um i'm not sure if we'll get that because i feel like we're time jumping a fair bit so i'm not sure exactly like where One they're going imagine yeah yeah but i feel like the thing that i think is like is that there is a lot of history you could like go back to so the idea that like they're gonna you know jump forward potentially like i don't know 20 years paul mescal is probably about 30 so you think that like they'll do like actually i feel like they'll just you know it's been what 23 years since the first one i feel like they're just gonna 24 by the time it comes out Fast forward 24 years and see what's up in uh, in Rome. Yeah, I mean, as much as I'm joking of like who actually wants this, I look, I'm being a little bit like jaded and cynical because I think that there's a world where like I would be psyched to go see any kind of like most big budget Roman mm -hmm. films, at least. Mm -hmm. Certainly when you get like any connection back to like Ridley Scott. Is Ridley Scott directing? Yes. Yes. Yeah, okay. wrote, I think so he's writing and directing. That's all I need, you know? Yeah. I'm, like, hype. Yeah. And I get it. If he's, like, excited to follow through on these characters, that's cool. I'm being really cynical about, like, we have to sell it, we have to market it, and if we connect it to Gladiator, it'll inherently have, like, a leg up on everybody else. It's also one of these things where you have a pretty extraordinary film that is regaled, like, decades later, like, Ridley Scott also notoriously involved with other franchises and returning to those franchises to make films that uh, some would argue, like, steal some of the thunder from the prior work and lessen the kind of quality of like the whole body of you talking about alien all. i'm talking about alien i'm talking about alien right i uh -huh. like prometheus but i know a lot of people uh -huh. like show up for that stuff and are like oh dude <laughs> you know and so in that sense like if this is uh, i mean we're going to call it gladiator too i presume there's going to be some gladiators. well but if he delves deep into the politics like you run yeah. the risk of alienating an audience that loved your original film so i think it's a little risky that said i'm like super hype for it right i will like uh, absolutely be there i will be psyched to see what happens with like young lucius i'm really curious if they like do some russell grove flashbacks like are we gonna you talked a lot i about think he how... was like i'm not he's like how am i possibly gonna be on the film and i feel like he's pretty publicly been like i'm not in it but maybe that was just a decoy we'll see it feels like i don't know man how do you know i mean like i'm the fool who is surprised every time like anakin skywalker shows up again on a star wars property <laughs> Christ, no, no spoilers, but like, you know, I never kind of expect this stuff. So I'm really curious to see how, what they do, how they approach it. I do think that fundamentally we are in a really different place in the world 23 years later. We're like looking at the past and the present in really different ways. So it's going to need to be a different kind of film. Um, we'll see what happens, but I'll certainly like be there scoping it out. I'm really curious to see like what the focus of the story will be about, you know. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. So, yeah, we'll see. I'm excited about it. Uh, I'm excited for Napoleon, too, this next uh, Ridley Scott. Oh, I'm super hyped for Napoleon. Yeah, yeah. And he's out in about 10 days or so, yeah. When you get Ridley Scott, like, reprising his work with actors that he's worked with previously, especially, like, Juggernauts, like a Joaquin Phoenix, like, I get excited about that. I, I That's something I want to show up for. I'm a fan of Ridley's work. I know, like, a lot of people are. And I know he himself, as a creator, could be a little coarse and blunt and unpleasant in his oh, have you deliveries seen some of his, his thoughts. But Have you seen some of his comments about Napoleon? They are some of my favorite things ever. Yeah, uh, a lot of criticism because he's like running with the Napoleon myth more so than Napoleonic history, right? And he's a little bit like, go get a life, losers. So that's kind of what I've heard. Yeah. 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 Um, yes. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So we'll, we'll see. Uh, yeah. I, I'm excited for it. I th- really, Scott's been on an interesting run. I think like Napoleon could really like pull him back, but his last two are the last two on the House of Gucci, which I kind of love them both, but I know that. Uh, not I haven't seen Gucci yet. The last duel I thought was like really impressive, but again, it's like the the appetite for a film like that, like that was kind of tough, right? Um, it, there's a different kind of you know zeitgeist that exists in pop culture nowadays. That are we here to like take in these kind of stories and the angle of approach Just- that you're finding into them? The only thing I would say, like, it'll be interesting in terms of like, yeah, I do agree. We're like 23 years, you know, 20 years removed. It's a different time. I feel like my problem with The Last Duel, as much as I did like it, it's like supposed to be a movie about like basically like the Me Too movement. But like in, you know, whatever year the movie is set. But then like two thirds of it are set. Yeah. yeah, are set from like uh, Damon and and uh, and Adam Driver's characters instead of from Jodie Comer's character. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um all right, Rich, I think that's it for the fall of Rome. I think, obviously, we clearly have something in mind for, for next fall, as we'll return for the fall of Rome uh, when Gladiator comes out. But this has been such a fun project. It was so fun. Um, I love chatting uh, each day, every weekday with you. I hope uh, uh, I, I feel like we got a lot of great feedback from folks. Uh, so this was so fun. It was an absolute delight. I had a real blast, you know. Um, I love all this kind of like historical fiction as we circle back around to it. I thought that Rome, the series, was such a delight to return to and to get your first viewing of. Like in a lot of ways, uh, you know, I, I will I will feel like the Pulo to your Varanus until the end of time, Grace. After yes. we've like been through the crucible of this experience together during the fall of Rome, and I think that watching Gladiator was like a real delightful way to kind of finalize this project. I I think that, like, again, I know I'm talking outside the movie a lot, but, you know, Rome, I think, happens because Gladiator was as successful as it was. It's a movie that I've seen a million times, and it's really fun to revisit it 20 years later and be like, oh, my God, it is still tremendously iconic. Like, in another 40 years, I think that Gladiator will still be a movie that people go back and look to in the same way that people talk about some of those gigantic sword and sandal films of the 60s, Grace. So, yeah. Great okay. punctuation. No joke, but just as I, I have Twitter up, uh, literally 39 minutes ago, Denzel Washington to star as Hannibal, the man who attacked Rome atop <gasps> an elephant in a film by Antoine Fuqua for Netflix. So Denzel Washington is not done with Rome. He is only he's not only doing Gladiator 2, he is also doing a Hannibal film. Hannibal, I love- not Hannibal Lecter. Hannibal the general from yeah 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 he's not gonna eat in fava beans folks (laughs) um this is really interesting that'll be cool I'm like super hyped for that there's nothing cynical about that you got like Denzel Washington elephants Rome I'm in grace I am sold this is like a big deal the many like attacks and sieges of Rome I mean like so much of the history ends up destroyed because these people who were like subjugated and colonized ultimately like came to Rome and tore the edifices down right so it's a really interesting story I'm like psyched to see that yes Animal time, baby. Anyway, Rome, it's in the zeitgeist. It's here. We might have to come back sooner than next fall when Gladiator comes out, apparently. We might. There's a couple of other projects out there that I've heard about. I mean, I think that um, other shows that are, like, really fun in this genre. Obviously, I, Claudius, got talked about a lot. We discussed circling back for that. I think Spartacus exists, like, in a little Mm -hmm. bit of this space, too, in a fun way. Uh, Spartacus series coming, Grace. They're going to, like, pick that back up again as well. So I've certainly been having some conversations behind the scenes 
to see what what if anything we might do with that because i love spartacus plug and sand um yeah i don't know we may be back before next fall talking about more more of rome falling yeah. you know yeah we'll see well in the meantime rich what else you got going on where can people find you all kinds of fun stuff. New series uh, just premiered over on MGM Plus. Beacon 23, Lena Headey, back on your TV. A uh, really fun show. Corey B and I breaking that down. That's been like super, super cool. You and Ariel and I talking about the um, Tales from the Loop as we're about to close out that season on Amazon Prime. Gem of a show and the rewatch is there. Melissa Woodward and I talking Burroughs and over on Dimension 20. Uh, and hit me up in all the social media places, Twitch, Twitter, YouTube, DM Philly. That's me. Spartacus adjacent there. Lena Headley's in 300, isn't she? Like she's the queen. Yes, she's totally in 300. Yeah, yeah she's uh, the husband of Lena, or the husband, the wife yeah. of Leonidas. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Yeah. Um, you and I are talk talking Yellowstone each week as it releases on CBS. We're watching through on that. Uh, we should have one more. Our flag means death pod. And yeah, movies each week with Ariel. This week we should be talking about the Marbles and probably maybe also the killer, as I talked about the David Fincher Netflix movie. Lots of new stuff happening. The Curse uh, just dropped. It's the new Nathan Fielder, Emma Stone, Betty Softy project. It's oh, yeah. really good. Dr. Amanda and I are chatting through. I love chatting through like a show that's like deeply like existential with dr amanda uh it's so fun um the crown returns this week i'll be chatting with shannon guest about that each episode individually and then also announced on our full spoiler recaps pod that i do with just Sterling, mike bloom came out to talk about upload and mike bloom announced that latonya mike and i will be covering fargo each week as it returns for season five an anthology show so excited for that i'm on social media at high from grace and rich i think we've talked about rome enough so we're not going to talk about rome every single day Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs>